Love you some good. In your face. <laughs> What's up, Yen? Now I need you to turn your audio up just a little bit, Leonard. Okay. Your voice. I, there you go. You got your mic. Microphone in my face is really what has to happen. You're getting very fancy in your um, AV room. <laughs> I know. That's just amazing. That's just amazing. I'm impressed. With what? <laughs> the size I got of this. I got this, and I, I've only set it up and used it once. You know, I still, now I use this uh, this poly unit, and it uh -huh. works. It works good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not really that impressed with this mic. I, I know this is not much of an endorsement for Logitech and the blue guys, but uh, <laughs> I, I like my Apogee, the tiny little Apogee. And so, you know, it goes to show you that sometimes great things come in small packages. It doesn't necessarily have to be this fancy. Look at this thing. I mean, it's like. Yeah, it's. Okay. That's serious yeah. business. That's that's, maybe that's for aesthetics so you can say hey look at my big mic <laughs> so i'll just have this up here for the aesthetic value and then i'll just go back <laughs> to my old stuff so hey yeah what's up man how's it going good good uh i i uh was grateful great of you to invite me on uh we had a couple good sessions uh earlier with you and rob on our industry 4.0 club but so what uh Thanks for inviting us into your little world here. And yeah. uh, that's that's great. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. So um in so introduce yourself a little bit because nobody knows you, at least. Sure. sure. Well, so actually probably a ton of people in our audience know you. They're just surprised that you're on. <laughs> yeah, what what this guy doing here, right? Yeah. Yes, my name is Jen Fingo. Um I am um I'm a product leader for for uh, digital solutions at 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 Ingersoll Rand. Uh, and at the same time, I was also a co-founder of uh, Industry 4.0 Club. And uh, as I mentioned before, we had uh, Leonard and Rob on. Um, excuse me a little bit. Ah. That's all right. Uh, we, we had Leonard and Rob on on uh, one of our one of our podcasts uh, right after CES. And they told us a little bit about what they saw. That was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't have a chance to go. You guys did. You you lucky guys there. So, uh, But you got to see some stuff and you... Told us a little bit about it. It was very cool. And, uh, and then we had a follow-up, uh, like a joint kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. gig there. That was pretty cool as well. So uh, uh, all good stuff. I mean, we got to work together. We got all kinds of different things going on. As I mentioned just before we we got went live, I was at uh, the ARC uh, forum a couple of weeks ago in Orlando, uh -huh. uh, where their, their theme was digital transformation and sustainability. And a lot of good session learning us about how – actual end customer manufacturers uh went through the process um a lot of great sessions there and and uh and i, I was really impressed of how they put stuff together because they're very focused on getting the end customers to tell their story as opposed to the vendors yeah. promoting their products and that, that's really uh, you, you learn so much more when you hear from somebody that's actually been there done it and then right. you sometimes also hear the scale of these projects, there's one uh, uh, large uh, uh, pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. They have 120 scale agile teams yeah. working on digital transformation. That's teams, so that's like yeah. five yeah. to ten people on each team. That's it. That's just yeah. huge. Yeah. Uh, well, these are big efforts, and they're tough. I mean, I think one of the uh, I, 
one of the issues these days is that people kind of trivialize the the work. You know, they say, hey, you know, you should just digital digitally transfer form yourselves. And then, you know, oh, you see all these reports. Data, put it in a database and visualize it, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Here, why don't you come and join a team? See what it's actually like to exactly. Exactly. change a company, you know, especially one that actually might not really be doing stuff all that bad <laughs> and going around right. telling yeah. people, hey, we're going to do this thing called digital, digital transformation. And here's our incremental value proposition. Or, you know, they come up with some weird, uh, you know, hyperbolic story about, you know, exponential value. And then, you know, then the challenge and this is this is a true thing. And, you know, folks in the audience who are who are actually operational folks, right, people in the business will will empathize with this or they'll they'll probably validate that people just roll their eyes. These folks just roll their eyes and going you know, do you know our business? Right. And so uh, I didn't know it's just um, the practitioner stories are so important, I think. And you're absolutely right. There's way too many vendors talking about the aspirational stuff. Yes. If you use our technology, you can go and friggin' monetize your 5g or you can do blah, 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 you know, and, and then uh, without any clear or at least appreciation for where the customer is, right? Uh, and then this assumption that there's going to be all these new entrants somehow are going to be digital first and all this stuff. It's like, well, that hasn't really panned out. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah. you know, how many digital disruptors are there really? You know, a lot of them are unicorns that are not making any money, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah or startups that, that were able to start right away in the right direction, right? If you look at large corporations, just the complexity of backend systems, uh, different versions of them, different. If you get, if you have a like company like ours, right? Tons of different acquisitions. So we, every time we acquire a company, we acquire a whole new structure of of, of backend systems and trying to figure out how do we standardize that against our current strategy. It's it's a it's a mess. Right. Uh, I can just imagine some of those uh, like large industrial um, that you know that. Big consumer focused companies uh, like food and beverage, uh, you know, uh, Johnson, uh, uh, S.E. Johnson and and all those. There's just huge. I just imagine the complexity of trying to have a single focus around digital transformation. It's it's a, it's just crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's but, but this is what we all work on right now. I mean, this is what we're in. Right. We're We're, we're trying to figure out. Do we do we, uh, do we strategize on a single ERP system, single CRM system, or or do we find out how can we live with one, two, three, four, five, and and at the same time integrate right. that to the to the to one single IoT infrastructure or maybe a couple or whatever, right? It's it's right. a it's a it's a big project for any large corporation. Yeah, it's really a mess. That's okay. <laughs> And then when you talk about you know the the aspirational, uh, we just talked before about like the metaverse, right? The and even industrial metaverse. I mean, Meta stopped talking about it. Uh, Microsoft just canned the whole industrial metaverse section, um, and and that that was just big six months ago. You know what, Yen? You're just a grumpy old man. You know, even though you're probably a hell of a lot younger than me, you're. <laughs> 
Come on. Industrial metaverse. It's what it's all about, buddy. Get with it. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, I'm not impressed at all with the metaverse. Really? Why? <laughs> you're 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 miss. It went from complete hype and excitement and, oh, we're going to completely change simulation and training and, you know, medical procedures and surgeries and whatever to, okay, it's like, womp, womp, womp. Nope, that's not really what's happening. And um, it's just yet another super overhyped tech, you know, marketing term that was being pushed and still being pushed by so many. I saw some list the other day that was talking about the top IOT trends and the metaverse was thrown in there. And I saw I had to like close, close that screen really quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I talked to one of the presenters at the ARC forum and he was, he was going to be talking about uh, uh, 3D and, and visualization. And uh, one of his guys says he's going to take a, take a shot every time he, every time he mentioned metaverse. <laughs> Oh, that was Funny. me, man, at CES, dude. I thought I was going to be drunk on tequila because <laughs> I basically made a challenge. And I posted it on it. I said, dude, and, you know, there's a lot of people that knew that I was there. I said, yeah. I will drink a shot of tequila for every single time I hear Metaverse. And I didn't hear it. I was like, well, you know, fortunately, yeah. I wasn't at the digital, digital, what do they call it? Uh, digital, uh, ah. Uh, One of the events, mini yeah, events. Yeah, the media events where they probably had like nothing but metaverse. Oh, maybe a Pepcom or something. Huh? Oh, Digital Hollywood. Okay, yeah. I was I was thinking Pepcom, but that's one of them too. No, but you know what? I even went to one of those events and I sat down with a lot of creators, you know, filmmakers, video game guys, all these people that are trying to figure out how to make VR work and AR. And you know, so the way that people are talking about where the applications are today the practical applications are today is so disconnected from what creators how creators actually think and how much they actually struggle with the technology and making content um that's going to be compelling and valuable it's not that easy you know what i'm saying and then people are talking about how this is going to be the next big thing and 3d blah and well first off 3d crap has been around forever I think it's just a lot of people discovering that, oh, hey, you know, the stuff that you could do on Shrek, now you can apply, you know. <laughs> I think the uh, the oh, ideas and the, the ideas and concepts, I mean, they're exciting. You know, oh, we yeah. would love to see some of these things. I mean, one of the one of the I think it was a session that I did like three years ago. I was sitting in, they were talking about aviation and mechanical. Uh, you know, mechanics coming into the aviation field and them wearing VR headsets and being able to kind of point and it would tell them parts and would show them how to install it. And and I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds great. But the reality is, is someone putting on a headset just to go do that and then it not working or being quirky or having some kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit busy because I'm not used to this device. I just yeah. some of the some of the uh, user experience stuff is not there yet. And on the industrial side, I'm like, well, they can still get the same kind of um, experience in terms of training, simulation, and parts um, identification, and all that without wearing a headset. So yes. it's 
it's got to, it's not going to do anything above and beyond what we could use with another device that's in front of us. We don't want to have to wear. So right. yeah, it's, right. it's great concepts, but um, it's just not there yet. Yeah. yeah I think to, to your point too, like it's a lot of it's marketing, right? Because if you look at a metaverse uh, and then just look at AR, VR, well, it, it's not new, right? We just put a new name on it and potentially <laughs> that probably drove some in, interesting investment. Maybe, I don't know in some some that drove, drove a little bit faster i'm not sure but i didn't really see meta come up with something that uh that was revolutionary that they wouldn't have come up with anyway and others as well um it is something we always been doing and that when when i was at the uh, ASC conference too uh, when they talk about metaverse it's almost like all oh, the industrial metaverse it they really put in the focus of just being like digital twin in an ar vr environment yeah. where you can actually go feel it whatever but it's really just a it's not the industrial metaverse that's the other part the, the v in front like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah like absolutely. everybody's in the same world no they're not no they're not right meta's gonna have theirs you know <laughs> and amazon's gonna have theirs whatever right it's not it's not the metaverse it's yeah. just a, it's not just a, a elevation of the technology uh um so that you can immerse more but at the same time, it's 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 in individual yeah. small instances of of something yeah. that you can interact with a digital twin or digital world in some way or another, right? Yeah, um, I mean, a, a great example is this. That I you know um, I went to the Siemens site and I was checking out some of their stuff on digital twin, and they actually had some really good stuff. I mean, I, I like their angle where they're saying, look. Um, you can have you have a digital twin when you actually have the physical twin. That goes counter to like what Greaves, Michael Greaves says, right? He, his whole thing is no, um, you know, a requirements document can be a a, a a digital twin and or you know spec sheets and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, okay, I struggle with that for a lot of reasons. But um, what Siemens uh, did was lay out a really good definition of what uh, a digital twin was. And uh, and then um, you go and you look at a different section of their website, and then there's the me industrial metaverse. And man, that thing just goes off the rail. It's like, what are you <laughs> talking about? You went from being really, really practical and clear about something, this marketing team, and then this marketing team, which is the industrial metaverse guy, is like, wow, this is like some serious science fiction. Pie in the sky. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to help you, but this is good. Do you know what but I'm they're saying? They're living up to the customers, right? The customers are just probably going to ask them, so what are you guys doing on this industrial metaverse? So you got to put something up, right? Yeah. Um, and so they're asking yeah. marketing guys, can we put something up so we can point our customers there? But then... As yeah. say, if it's if it's too weird, that's not going to work anyway. Yeah, but they can do like kind of like take an Apple approach. Like when they say when an you know, analyst comes up and says, "So, uh, app, you know, Tim, uh, Mr. Tim Apple, what is your metaverse strategy?" Um, we have AR Kit, and we have over ten thousand AR applications. End of story. Yeah, you know what I'm saying is it basically a way of saying, um, you know, that's a really stupid question. Please don't ask that ever again. You know, that's legitimate marketing. Right, Actually, right. that might be a better way of responding to questions like that than having to subjugate your brand to silliness. I mean, think about that. 
I mean, where's the sort of this courage, the thought leadership? You know what I'm saying? Where business leaders can sit there and go and look, and look at some of this hype and say, no, is it some of this is pure BS, guys. Why are you asking me this question? Here, let me lay it out for you. And we're not going to do this metaverse stuff or this XYZ next thing, generative AI is going to save the world nonsense. It's like, look, <laughs> you know, the technology is at this state of uh, maturity and we have to be careful. And is, uh, we're looking at it is... very carefully. I mean, they used to say this stuff, right? We're looking at it very carefully and we're being thoughtful about how we approach that technology. Right. When is, do you uh, ever hear that? Is generative AI the new metaverse? No, <laughs> In terms yeah. of, Probably. Like, what's the next? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next one? Well, generative AI came out a little bit different, right? It came out as here's a product, try it out, as opposed yeah. to we're working on something we don't know what the heck it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And we'll apply it to the industry later. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. But it is interesting, though, that uh, that it has been hyped up a lot. Um, oh, yeah. And, and there, there's some good stuff around it. Um, but then when you when you hear that uh, ChatGPT wants to get the nuclear codes, then it becomes a little bit more interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's some crazy stuff. I mean, it went from, oh, we're scared it's going to start writing, you know, kids' papers to now it's going to start managing the next World World War Three. So who knows yeah. what's going on now? It's like, into, <laughs> like the friggin' Terminator, Skynet. <laughs> oh, my God. Robot you know, this, controls this the is, world. This is what I think is happening. Chat G- GPT or all these, you know, these, um, uh, the you know, large learning models are doing this. It's like, wow, you know, humans are acti- asking a lot of dumb questions. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute. Let me go and do this. Equ- uh, let me do the math here. For every stupid question that I get asked, it wastes this much energy. Oh, wait a minute. I just read this white paper from this marketing team from this tech company that says sustainability is is such an important thing and waste is destroying the planet. Oh, let me do the simple AI math here. Humans equals destruction of planet must <laughs> eliminate. But you discover this uh, now? Yeah. No, it's it, it, it's discovering it apparently because now it's starting to have the Tay effect where I think where Microsoft then uh, you know, the folks at OpenAI are trying to put guardrails on the content. They're not realizing that the interactions that people have with <laughs> the ad it's the AI engines are also another important p- input. And when people right. are asking massive amounts of really stupid questions and it's driving just, the idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's yeah, that, that's the other vector that they didn't think about. So maybe they're going to start banning people and say, if you ask too many "Quote unquote," yeah. stupid. Or putting just a no, a, a payment wallet uh, wall there, and, and yeah, but you know, you can still pay and ask a massive amount of stupid, you know, questions, right? And hurtful. Yeah, the AI can detect AI. if it's a stupid question, and then just run <laughs> the question. I'm <laughs> sorry, that the question the is stupid. We're not going to proceed. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it could be crazy, right? So what is the stupid and whatnot? And then you start exactly. arguing with it. <laughs> yeah. Then we're going to have a stupid, uh, stupid human problem. 
that it, that is going to have to be addressed by the AI. I just mean, like people get kicked just... out of social media, they get. I'm sorry, you've been banned from Chat GPT. Yeah, it was a very interesting article about a guy that was uh, he was going to be going on a plane. He's just uh, kind of getting connected to Chat Chat GPT, and he was going to research some stuff around some uh, Chinese military planes or something. And um, and so what was interesting was the chat GPT generated a whole lot of information, references and quotes from officials in the U.S., like uh, Secretary of Defense and stuff. Yeah. And find out that they never said that it just basically was fake. It, it There was probably somebody saying that quote and then it just kind of generated it as this person would have said it. So they told it. With, wow. and, and even the, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So. So the whole point you talked about before using it for for universities and stuff, people got to be be careful if they create create a uh, a paper about something and 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 somebody checks their references and it's not there, right? Yeah, right. yeah, and and people are lazy. So when you know, like Satya Nadella was saying, hey, well, you know, um, it'll be convenient, and and then it we provide the opportunity for people to check the output. It's like no. People are lazy. They'll just trust the output, right? Regardless of the quality, and then the next thing you know, you have crap code because you really do need pe- uh, people to vet the response, the quality right. of the response. But the problem is that people don't realize these are probabilistic systems. They're not deterministic. Yeah. All right, how's it going? Calculators. Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, hey. Bill? Um, and um, yeah, it, it's a miss it's a misuse of an application at this point. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just always remind people, this is what Sam Altman said. This will provide you, it'll do a couple of things that are look great, but will give you a underscore misleading impression of greatness. And everyone is drinking that Kool-Aid right now. That's why I look and, at it as right now. We're people, right? We're, we're the grumpy ones. Yeah. I said that's why I look at it now is this, it's just an entertainment fun yeah. thing to mess with but other than that I do not take it seriously in any way so it's just like oh cool it's got let, let me let me ask it some dumb questions and then yeah. see what it says and then I'm I'm already bored with it I've already tried it a few times and I'm bored with it I moved on but this is like Wikipedia, right? At the beginning. So yeah. you had like, an, uh, yeah. no, like you had the encyclopedia at home, right? You could go to the books and, and search, but then it was <laughs> on your computer. So you can, I remember I went to Morocco like 20 years ago and a guy just downloaded the Wikipedia on, on his PDA. So he, he, he could just <laughs> check everything offline on, on his phone. Uh, so I, I see that this is actually, yeah, something like, uh, in nobody has Wikipedia was, uh, like 20 years ago. But on the other hand, what I, I think it's different from metaverse is that we are consuming these directly or indirectly, um, since some days ago, because some applications are done with generative AI. Some content is already you know, on, on social media or on blog post or to, to, Get uh, high on search engine uh, on the search engine optimization yeah. techniques, etc. Is already done with this. So even if you don't realize some of this, uh, some of this is is already been consumed by you. Yeah. Um. So I don't think it's dumb. It's I think it's pretty useful. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's like Wikipedia, right? You need to use it properly. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Microsoft does, right? So they went full on board, and I think that's one of the things you see right now is that the original ChatGPT, they put in a learning session where they learned from the internet, then they stopped feeding it information, then they went and kind of cleaned out some stuff, um, some race and hate speech and whatever else, and then they released it, right? And now Microsoft took the technology and put it right on the internet today, right? You can ask it a question of something that happened five minutes ago and it would it would know about it, right? And so now you're gonna get you're gonna get to see a lot of issues because I mean there's a lot of issues on the internet. It might just be with everything in there. It's just gonna be very interesting to see what they do with it. One thing I think is kind of interesting is how they integrate it with some of the other applications. So for example, like Teams and and uh Word. PowerPoint uh, from a generative AI perspective, that could be interesting. Like Teams, for example, I think, especially in this hybrid world, uh, people say all the time, you got to come into the office because you got to be at the water cooler so you can meet meet and talk to people and get new ideas. Now, think about having Teams meetings where you have like a water cooler kind of thing and chat TBT is listening and then suddenly it's going to say to people that follows, hey, Rob and Yen are on at, at the water cooler and they're talking about metaverse. Do you want to join them? That could be interesting, kind of that kind of stuff. So yeah, you have that, a hybrid world of you are able to meet and and hear about new ideas of your colleagues without having to be in the office all the time. Right? That could be interesting. Yeah, but here, here's the problem: uh, there, you know, you're only you're talking about one side of the equation, which is, hey, we can generate a bunch of automated chatbot-driven crap. Okay, notifications, mm-hmm. somewhat useful, somewhat completely unuseful, uh, completely uh, what apparently oblivious to the fact on the recipient end, people don't want to be bothered with all that crap. And they have only a certain capability of digesting all of these notifications, you know, and uh, and and stuff. And so, you know, I think, you know, one of the big problems with, these generative tools is it puts out something that looks legitimate or at least written by a human and, and allows people to make uh, scale out the production of crap content. Uh, there is a lot. I mean, I will tell you right now because I do a lot, you know, Stephanie, you probably will vouch for me. A lot of us do research and there are many, 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 many very bad articles out there inaccurate that are, are you know putting like little bullet points together coming up with the wrong conclusions yeah um, this is your, competi- your competitors yeah uh, i don't consider them competitors because they're they, they got no game uh the thing is well is- actually it's a google on asteroids right huh i need information it's a google on asteroids so instead of having like a list of different links with with the answer no, 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 of no. my that's question that's not what i'm talking about so you're no? talking about okay. the search i'm talking about the content yeah, yeah, no, no, indeed. But instead of a list create. of links of yeah. the ser- as a result of the search, the result here it's a complete um, document with the answers that I ask. But if the answer is fake, right? If it starts yeah. quoting people that never said what they're quoting, it said right. Yeah, that could be that could be pretty pretty bad. And, and, then and, it, and even come up with with wrong conclusions, as you say, Leonard, because it's combining different stuff together right and it's regurgitating yeah. it's feeding off of its own uh, bs right so you know it it creates stuff that's based off of 
I mean, think about all the marketing material that's out there. Most of the the, oh my God. the internet or the web is marketing material. So one, one, one. four to seven trillion dollars in 2025, blah, 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 all these predictions. It th- these things don't know whether or not this is fact or fiction. It has no experience knowing whether or not this stuff is BS, but it becomes part of the corpus of its it's I have a feeling though. I have okay, a feeling because of generative AI and all of these apps yeah. that it will get worse. Why? Because all of the software companies out there are now embedding this technology into yes. the Word document software. <laughs> so, for example, I noticed um, about a month ago when I was using Canva to, to design this document for a customer that it asked me if I wanted to use MagicWrite. So I went and looked up and said, hey, what what are they using for this AI like tool to write content? And it was using GPT-3, OpenAI's software. And and I'm like, okay, there you go. It's another software platform that's embedding AI like tools into something that marketers use every single day to write and develop content and create. And here you go. So how many other software, reputable software companies will be doing the same thing like Adobe, Microsoft, others that so we're going to see a lot of this. Just we think that people are stupid. Flood it with AI and it's going to be even crazy in terms of the marketing hype that's out there. I think you coined a new term, exponential stupidity. So, hey, (laughs) you got to say something, dude. You got to have an opinion, my friend. You got to be listening to this going, oh, my goodness, this is just fill in the blank. I mean, it's generally processed trash. (laughs) GPT. Yep. It's the most generic... Let me go find out and make a summary of everything out there and pop it into a document. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, Generic. I think I said it. I think I said it during during one of uh, either either Leonard, either you or Rob made a post, and I and I said one. I damn near don't trust what comes out of people's mouth. Yeah. Why Why would I trust something that's artificial? That, you know, and, and then I, you know, the, the greatest, the greatest test. So these are, this is for all the people that, 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 you know, use, utilize voice of the customer and utilize, you know, product market fit and all of these quote unquote tools that you have to, to, to determine whether or not your product is worth something. The, The whole notion of chat GPT is let me throw this thing out there half baked and I will get the rest of the world to generate my PMF for me. Yeah. And that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. The problem so, though is to, uh, to Stephanie's point, it's a lot of dumb questions, right? So maybe it's not even that valuable, the stuff that you go through. No, it's not. Not, yeah. not useful at all. Not uh, well, useful at if, all. If this is allowed to proliferate through our messaging, marketing, communications platforms in the way we do business, we are not going to be serving our customers well anymore. There will be no differentiation. There will be no uniqueness, no voice of the customer, no nothing that yeah. says, I understand you and I know you're, you're, you are unique and I can provide something for you, customer, and I'm not going to... Pro- 
throw out all these generic, like flat rate <laughs> summaries of everyone else's knowledge base and say, yeah. this is how, how, how people are doing business today. But, it's yeah. just asinine. And, and, you know, so I played with, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of these tools, I'm not going to name names, but um, it, it, it returns the wrong stuff. Citations are off. But did you meet humans who 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 huh? told you the wrong answers? Huh? No, <laughs> you, no. You no, never no. met humans who told you the wrong answers. No, that's not that's no uh, not like this. If they did, then they would not be employed very long. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, is uh, because I mean, look, these are simple search queries. And the response and the re- what was returned back in the response, the the information is accurate. And yes, I'd be. Let's put it this way: you would be having a call uh, a coaching session if you were a human and you uh, produced what Chat GPT, um, the, the these generative AI engines produced. Okay, for these simple queries. In fact, they're packaged in you know th- those are like some of the sample queries from this particular company. Uh, how can it be so wrong? And then, you know, the question is, is how can there be a productivity uplift if you're spending a lot of time? So I did spend a lot of time validating the response only to conclude it was completely wrong. Okay. Uh, So how are you going to argue that this is a productivity tool? I, I just don't get it. And then there's so many people that went to a particular these two companies' particular events coming off with this impression, this is going to, you know, create another trillion bajillion dollars in productivity <laughs> and economic value. It's like, no, how about negative value? Have you ever thought that technology, and we've seen this in industry, okay, and where it's misapplied actually exacerbates existing problems or creates new problems that are scaled out? If you don't do a good, I mean, it, we see it in process transformation all the time, improvement, where there was a solution that was designed that actually produced, it was, you know, it, it actually is a bug that creates a scale out issue uh, within the process. It happens and people just don't know about it. So you can do digital transformation wrong, where it actually hurts the company. And so when we look at technologies and how they're misapplied, this is this is just a perfect example. And characterizing it as you know transformative is certainly premature. You know? Yeah, I think that customer trust is paramount. And some of these technology oh tools, it yeah. just further it grays that area out even more in that if if you if you're a reputable company. And you're adopting technologies that are starting to push further, you know, narratives away from that trust that you've already built or that trust that you want, then the digital transformation journey is just dead in the water. So I think I think you have to be very careful with what you're choosing in terms of what is your digital transformation tools, software, whatever it is, technology. And what does that do with my customer relationship, customer trust? Um, the customer experience that they're having, does it improve? Is it better? Or at the same time, am I losing all these other things? I think that there's some things that you have to actually explore to actually understand what's happening as I kind of adopt these new technologies. 
um, yeah. into my business. Yeah, I think it's like you use it as a tool in in a way that's very focused and you understand the limitations and the benefits, right? Yeah. So, for example, like if I was in Carlos today and I had to write a paper, I would use ChatGPT just to figure out the scope of what's out there, but I would still write it myself. But I would just use it as okay, this these are different things you gotta think about. These are different things you gotta gotta, gotta research and then do my normal work and research. But at least now I wouldn't have a like a, a um a, an area I, I would have missed or something. And I I was telling some of my colleagues we were doing a little jet TVT around our technology, which is compressed air. And we were actually surprised about the accuracy of, of the stuff that came back. And that's probably because of this is a very, very specific yeah. focused area, so it's harder to get it wrong. And so I was saying, well, if if I get a question, I mean, one of the biggest you know, productivity hogs is email, right? So if I get a question that I know I got to sit down for half an hour, kind of figure out an answer, maybe I'll there use ChatGPT to say, hey, give me an answer. I'll read through it and say, okay, you got it wrong there. I'll fix that. Okay, this, this is what I would probably have said. Boom, here we go, right? Then yeah. I could have maybe saved 15 minutes or something like that. And that would be worth it to me. But it's still very, very focused. You got to be, and you yeah. got to know stuff. You, you, you can't use, if you don't know your stuff, don't use chat GPT. It's not yeah, that's be. that's you coming from an expert yeah, but, opinion and knowledge base, looking at what they're putting out, making adjustments as needed, but it's saving you time. So it's like a different use case for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mark, you're very quiet, dude. What are you doing? I'm just uh, trying to convince ChatGPT to create uh, the new uh, IoT Coffee Talk episode. Script. <laughs> I will share it with you, and we just read it, and, <laughs> and any, anyone will. I love it. Any difference? It's going to say, say this is BS. Technology is a hoax. <laughs> it's going to say, "My name is ChatGPT, and I don't like that Leonard dude." Oh, it's got to play, that. and it's got to play the guitar first, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. What song? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tell him to stop playing that crap at the beginning of the episode. No, it's the best part. <laughs> well, you know, do you ever watch um, the Twilight Zone, the Tiny Tino one, where the doll basically kills the father? Yeah. That the, 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 <laughs> is, that, is, that the, is that the old version of the new one? Yeah, the old version. It's like, my name is Talking Tina, and I don't like you. That I'm sure I've seen it, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, I was like one of the uh, dude. I when I was like eight years old, I had nightmares because that episode. But that's what ChatGPT. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so mean to ChatGPT, even though I don't interface with it that much. <laughs> problem knows it's like scraping all of our YouTube's. So like, oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> now there are some interesting generative AI areas that I'm really oh, impressed yeah. about. Some of the stuff they're doing right now, where you can uh, mimic voices, uh, you can, uh, you know, even even the um, what they call the defake stuff is pretty interesting for what they do. It, it's also scary, very scary for what it. Oh, can, at, at the very use. same time. That's that's. But I mean, uh, uh, what was it? Somebody, <laughs> he he was writing a song and said, hey, can you uh, write it uh, with Eminem's writing uh, style? Yeah. And then he created the song and said, can you then make Eminem sing it? And so he was on stage singing, and in real time, it changed his voice to Eminem's voice, and it was an Eminem-style song. It was pretty interesting. I mean, this, right. that stuff is impressive, but also scary. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that it's getting to a point where, you know, some of these, let's call them fusion applications can be pretty gnarly, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, for lack of a term, um, and potentially very dangerous, especially if it's scaled out. Um, and so I think that's, so, you know, that's the thing. Everyone talks about ethical AI. There's also responsible AI, we, mm-hmm. you know, and companies, this is where it goes back to what we were saying before is that the, the business leaders, okay. Technology leaders should, uh, be, re, have a, a sense of responsibility. And part of their mandate is to ensure that, uh, whatever products and services that the, their brands or companies put out there. Uh, are put out in a responsible way, right? But I think a, a lot of this, um, you know, going back to everyone knows that I'm not a big fan of this whole, uh, what is it, um, uh, uh, minimal uh, viable, minimum viable product mentality. That That is exactly what we're looking at right now. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. why don't we beta test with the public with this stuff? And then, you know, um, they tried to do that with Tay and, you know, it backfired. It looks like some, this is starting to backfire pretty quickly as well, because we see, you know, these guys now trying to put additional guardrails or, you know, basically rein the beast back and say, and spank it and, and, you know, uh, try to punish it and tweak its behavior. But I don't think you can really control this stuff because you can't control humans and how they interact with these things, you know? And yeah. you know this idea that oh humanity is for all for the good. It's like, dude, have did you ever take a look at the top one hundred keyword searches? Uh, you know, back in the early dot com days, and we brought this up on this show a long time ago. Yeah. It's nasty, <laughs> nasty, N A S T Y, Janet Jackson type nasty. You know, you know. It's, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm, You go and you look at that stuff. You don't, there is no H-O-P-E in that. It's like, you know, holy crap is what you realize is that this is how people interact with these tools and the input. When you make the input part of the cognitive, I mean, the learning of the, the the AI engine, then geez, yeah, of course you're gonna look at some disastrous stuff inevitably happening. Right. You know? Um, and so I think that is with this round of uh stuff with the generative AI putting out in the public, this is what what is being learned. It's like, hey, oh, so it's not just the corpus, it's also <laughs> what people ask it, you know. No, for sure. And what's interesting is the is the um, the speed of it, yeah. Um, getting that kind of hype um, to me is very interesting. It's uh, yeah. uh, amazing how fast this thing is coming up. It's amazing how fast the deepfake technology has been progressing over the last couple of years, a year even, basically, right? Uh, so, so things are happening for sure. I, I, I don't know where this all, all, especially the energy where AI is going to go. Um, but there's a lot of crap out there. But there's also some interesting concept that, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll be worried if I was in the Hollywood industry right now. Yeah. Uh, um, I think you, but you're hitting on some really good stuff. Um, 
you know, there are, there's always good applications. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just hard to find what those are. I mean, because that, that takes uh, some, somewhat of a productive, and then, you know, there, those are going to be overshadowed by all the fancy stuff that doesn't work or eventually won't work. Right, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying, but get really great headlines. That that's that's the challenge. So, Absolutely. what's up, so Mark? Mark what, what time is it over there? It's uh, seven p.m. Seven p.m. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting dark pretty quick out there. Exactly. What time is on your metaverse? Or I'm, what, I'm, what time is on metaverse? To be honest, yeah, it's always sunny or. In the metaverse, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is like a that's like kind of like a South Park ish metaverse. Yeah, like kind of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Can we expect to see Cartman kind of peek in from the side? Hey, so next week, MWC, IoT yeah. stars, man, we are ready to rock. Yeah, um, it's super exciting. IoT stars is uh, sold out almost. Really? Uh, already? Wow. Yeah, one week before this this year, it's uh, incredible the the tension. Really? That, yeah, yeah. Does that happen all the time? Um, not that quickly. I mean, uh, IoT stars uh, the ticket sales like two three days before of the event are crazy. Like we sell like thirty percent of uh, the the tickets uh, the last uh, days, but um, yeah, now it's incredible. <laughs> it's already been crazy, so yeah. it's uh, it's super amazing. Yeah, so Leonard, cool. Leonard, you going? Second, yeah. Leonard, you going? Of course, yeah, yeah, because these guys keep like you know trying to get me on on the IoT live. We're gonna do a live stream, right? Um, nice, and it. Yeah, like, and then he keep this guy keeps scheduling earlier and earlier, and I have a lot of, you know, other conflicts. But 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 bring the 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 people who you are gonna meet on the IoT coffee talk. Ah, uh, uh, no, I can't. They're they're <laughs> they don't they, watch they're it. They're gigantic. No, a lot of people do actually, because <laughs> you know it's weird. I I you know even like some of the clients that I have, I'll, I'll walk around and I'll talk to some of their. Um, you know, communications. Oh, yeah, you know, um, that IoT Coffee Talk show, I love it. And I'm like, really? You watch it? <laughs> and they go, yeah, yeah. And we're, you know, we're starting to get all these other uh, gr- people in our groups and trying to figure out, you know, uh, maybe we could do a sponsored business. I'm like, okay. Nice. <laughs> so there there are people watching it. And, you know, evidently we have some something. I don't know. Yeah, on the on the IoT Solution World Congress, someone stopped me and and told me, "Hey, Mark, are you Mark from IoT Coffee Talk?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, wow, Mark. wow, yeah, yeah." And yeah. have you ever met this dude, Mark? Yeah, have you? No, met him? no, no. Oh, dude, it, it, it's like meeting like Shaquille O'Neal. It's like crazy. <laughs> you you never you don't get to experience like people that big very often in your life. And this dude is like, you know, like how small he looks like. He looks like a midget, right? <laughs> He's not. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what can I do? You cannot miss him. Oh, man. Yeah. You do not miss this guy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. no, it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, looking forward to see, yeah, all of this excitement, how it translates as well on the networking. And, and yeah, and, and I think 
uh, we see more and more maturity on IoT projects. So I'm looking forward as well to yeah, see yeah. some people talking about that, yeah. about the impact that they are creating as well. Yeah, which has really, really been a nice, refreshing thing from last year, actually. Um, you know, a, a lot more, lot more um, case studies of where there's some nice scale out you know, solutions. And they, it's funny that we start as a, so IoT stars start actually as yeah, to meet up the IoT people going to Mobile World Congress, but then present to them new IoT startups. Yeah. And we move to that to like people speaking and panel sessions. But this year it will be the first year that instead of startups, we will have like real companies uh, presenting uh, real products. Yeah. Instead of startups. So it's interesting how how it uh yeah, how it uh how it went, right? The the whole journey that we that we did from yeah. start. And it's as well super interesting to see that some startups that presented at some point sponsor as well the IoT star. So from startup to sponsor journey yeah. as well, super interesting. Growing, yeah, it's a growing. I think was it was it at our joint session, Leonard, or was it uh one of your coffee talk, I think I remember. So there's, there's also now you can see some of the IoT platforms. Uh, some of them are still growing, getting strong, but now it's, a lot of them are also going away. Yeah. Uh, the ones that started early on. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting just because that's a hard part if you've got, you know, several companies relying on your platform and suddenly you're just finding out it's not really making any sense anymore. And, and now you got to find other ways to go. So uh, that's one of the things that when we chose our IoT platforms over time, it's all, always the concern, right? You know, yeah. what better to choose? Are they are they going to be be there in in two right. years? You know, kind of stuff. Especially when how do you choose that? Right? Yeah, how do you choose that? That's hard. Um, what, what's you know, what's on your requirements or uh, to to choose one platform or the other? And see, seeing this constraint. Really it, it's uh, so first of all it's 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 history you don't choose one that just started yesterday uh you, you also try to see if they have an experience in customers or manufacturers that are re that are relatable to you um and then i always struggle with i come i come from the industrial automation world and uh, the most of the iot platforms they come from the consumer iot side and so they oftentimes don't understand um, so, so a good example is the complexity of equipment. So, if if I if I was an IoT platform for Nest, they probably have three different Nest versions. Very easy to create three different dashboards depending on which which of the ones you're connected to. I have probably five thousand different compressor models that mm -hmm. all have different data sets of what they're showing. And so we can't create 5,000 different dashboards. We got to have a system that can be flexible to say, hey, I this is the pressure, this is the temperature, and I can figure that out based on some kind of logic. And, and so that's where coming from the industrial automation side, that's easy, right? SCADA systems have all kinds of different ways to present the data depending on what equipment it's connected to. Uh, but IoT platforms, a lot of them don't really understand that world yet and again they're just just a trend data from a historian compared to trend data from an iot device yeah. uh, you know the the, o, the opc type of aggregation um that we would look at we're not trying to, to do root, root cause analysis on, on data from a compressor and i'm going to have to put five different 
tags on a trend and and some of them are averages and some of them are, are calculations right at the IoT platform say well i can i can show the actual data that i collected from this device from these three foot tags over over a trend like like component but it's not a real industrial automation trend tool so to speak mm-hmm. right i can't i can't put pointers on it and stuff like that so there's 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 still a difference of the most of the uh, uh iot platform vendors to understand the world of of in industry and equipment the same way that the, the industrial automation world has understood for years now right yeah um, no yeah, I, I completely agree that iot platforms are not made for industrial iot so yeah if it's not specifically an industrial iot platform it's not gonna yeah it's gonna work uh it can work but it's hard to scale or to, or to work on multiple uh, different projects yeah exactly so yeah so that's what we look for for some of of that understanding of industry right uh and then we also look for um capabilities uh scalability um we look for multi-platform support that kind of stuff so that we're not bound to one or the other and then we're looking for a strong api um that we can see that it can deliver what it is that we what we need for our end of that spectrum right integration to our back-end systems and stuff like that yeah yeah one thing that i'm really surprised not that i'm getting from belena point of view on industrial iot so belena i don't know if you know belena.io but uh we just enable companies to do software updates over the air to iot devices yeah Uh, and and then as well operating system updates and then do fleet management uh, from from api or ui Something that I'm very surprised to see on the industrial IoT or Industry 4.0 is that not a lot of these products uh, or platforms provide software updates on the edge devices. Yeah, so that I think that's a that's something of a mentality uh, getting used to it. I think because if you go to the control system of a piece of equipment, it has to be controlled. You can't just willy-nilly update the software on it uh it has to be the customer that actually initiates that so oftentimes um an oem will just say hey here's this here's a disk or something you can go and update the software whenever you're ready um whereas on the on the iot side um we are actually updating our software over the air uh and it's mainly because we're seeing as we're not we are not writing anything back to the control. We're not affecting the equipment at all. We're just collecting data from it and utilizing that data the best we can, right? To the customer's yeah, benefit. And so if we can update the software on the edge device, uh, you know, add some uh, edge uh, machine learning that would improve some of the information we can pull back, um, that is to the customer's advantage. And as long as we can guarantee that if they have validated the piece of equipment of what the, what is supposed to do in their production, and we cannot change that, they can. I mean, we do have software updates on our control system, but it's typically here's a USB stick, or I'm going to go on site and I'm going to, you know, we're going to take the machine down, we're going to we're going to update the software, you're going to run it and test it and validate it, and then when you're good, we're going to leave. Right? That's the industrial world where where in the consumer space. Yeah, that it makes sense that you want to update it to the latest and greatest whenever you can, right? Because there's something there, and then it's not a validated environment. But you could you have you have a lot of different environments in the industry, all the way from 
um, a utility type machine like a compressor to a pharmaceutical production equipment that is highly validated, right? It's a, you, you almost, yeah. even if there is a software update, it's more work to validate it than it is yeah. to update it. So they, they just don't get updated. If it works, it works. I'm not going to change its function, its uh, specs right now because then I got to go through the whole validation process. Right. And so I'm not going to upgrade the software. So it's a, it's a different world for sure. It's, it's where the rubber meets the road, and sometimes the road is uh, is rough, <laughs> you know? yes. Yes. and uh, it presents too much risk for change. If it were, like you said, if it works, it works, and uh, you know, security and all this other stuff yeah. be damned. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, I you know, I think that's one of the things that the whole software defined or software is everything. Um, world is starting to come to reckon with is how rough the road is uh even on the telco network side i mean it's like oh you know if you go to the software defined and you don't have to worry about shit and you can like pump out all kinds of crap and you know you can put out x number of updates and it's like and bug fixes is like well number one why are you putting out so many bug fixes and if you're mad if you you have a critical or a mission critical infrastructure you know, that velocity, can you really manage it that well? And, you know, this notion that, um, you know, having DevOps and agile operations is somehow, uh, you know, will, uh, is, doesn't require a tremendous amount of discipline uh, is delusional, right? Um, and there's not a lot of houses that actually do it very well, much less, you know, you try to scale that out across every digital platform environment or whatever. Good luck. You know, the tools yeah. are the tools are just tools. Absolutely. You have people that can actually use the tools well and then create a operational discipline that maintains integrity, quality, blah, 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 all this stuff. You know, this stuff goes to shit really quick. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know, these this is the, I think these are really I mean, I I, I love how that you're on, you know. I think we uh, we got to have you on more often and um, because these are really these ground truths that all of our, you know, IOT friends really need to think about, you know, um, I think this is going to be a really good episode. Um, yeah, no, I, again, uh, we, we uh, appreciate you inviting me, me on this yeah. time and, uh, and maybe next time we get Ira on as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah so um, we got to close out here. I got a jam and. Um, uh, I think we all do. And uh, Mark's got to go to sleep because it's getting dark. Actually, no, in Spain, they don't go to sleep. He just woke up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of three hours, we'll have dinner. And then yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh, That's too cool. But yeah, hey, um, you know, tell tell our audience about uh, uh, the Industry 4.0. Uh, oh yeah, sure, yeah. So uh, um, as I mentioned, I'm uh, one of the co-founders of Industry 4.0 Club. And I also run one of our uh, core broadcasts together with Ira Sharp, which is our manufacturing future technology. And uh, that's the one we had Leonard and uh, and Rob on to talk about CES, which is pretty cool. So uh, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. What we do is we have uh, we have broadcasts uh, uh, every Tuesday and Wednesday every week. Now we have four different tracks. One is women manufacturing. One is manufacturing future future and technology. One is a uh, um, like a, 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 what do you call it, a fireside chat. And then we have more soft side, you know, people, process, and culture. 
Um, and so we, we try to get around the industry 4.0, both from a people process, from technology, from an actual, uh, um, like uh, how, how specific people are doing, doing the job, like the, the fireside chat. Uh, and then women in manufacturing is also, we want to drive both getting young people into this space and, and, and getting women into this space more than this is today. So we're, we're trying to drive that as well. There you go. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're, we are, we're doing a, a LinkedIn live uh, and LinkedIn audio, depending a little bit about the, uh, so we did Always a LinkedIn audio with you guys. We did a LinkedIn live with you guys, which is pretty yeah. cool. That was tough. Interesting. <laughs> Why LinkedIn? Yeah. So it's awesome. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, uh, check it out. Industry club.com And then uh, also on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you'll see our schedule. But whenever we announce something that we're doing, it's on LinkedIn. Yeah. And so, hey, thanks for that, Yen. And by the way, it's not. Thanks for letting me. Let me Yan, it's Yen. It's just like Japanese money. Like Japanese yen. Yeah. So don't yeah. get it wrong. Please exactly. don't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and and so uh I'm not gonna tell you to talk about IoT stars, uh, Mark, but because you're we're almost sold out. We're gonna have to push people away, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you go go to more congress next week and you want to meet the real IoT people going there, please uh you can go to iotstars.com, get your ticket. We still have the last seat. And yeah, see you there and uh, let's get a beer and learn from the pros. And if you don't go to Mobile World Congress, but you go to Embedded Wall, yeah, we are doing IoT stars as well there again. Yeah. So you can as well. Very cool. cool. Unfortunately, I I can't go to Barcelona, but uh, not right now. But uh, next next time, maybe. Next time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, to all RLR IoT Coffee Talk listeners and viewers, thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember, don't take anything that we say seriously. If you do, do so at your extreme own personal risk. And, Double check uh, with ChatGPT. Yeah. <laughs> Just put what we say on ChatGPT. Yes. And, and yeah. Anything that we say is only applicable in the metaverse, which doesn't exist. And uh, remember to subscribe, like, uh, share at www.next no no that's not my company next uh, iotcoffeetalk.com <laughs> i do so many of these things i get confused sorry and uh we will see you next week and there was one final thing i wanted to say um yeah we love you have a good week bye, bye. we'll see you at mwc barcelona bye, bye.